So, hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Soundcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and joining me in my front room for the first time, Ollie Warner. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? It's a bit weird. <laughs> it's a bit weird. I don't only have to look at your face while we're doing a podcast, Ollie, and I knew the same, so I'm sure that we'll have to get used to that. But um, obviously, Shrewsbury played today versus Scunthorpe, um, and we obviously had a game on a Sunday, so nice opportunity for you to sort of come and park up at mine and, and walk up to the game. And yeah, it's been a, been a good day, actually. Yeah, it's been a good day. Obviously, round next into the next round of the FA Cup. It'd be nice to nice to be through in time for the draw on Monday as well, so that's good. And yeah. A nice goal, um, and yeah, positive kind of atmosphere continues. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. And so, yeah, let's say two more wins this week, and Danny Coyne probably signs out with style. So we've got, obviously, the discussion about Ricketts to come as well, and um, yeah, we've got a, Ellie's got a cup of tea here, so I think we'll, we'll crack on and uh, talk about the Plymouth game. Morgan's header across the face of goal, to Edgeworth, to So, Tuesday night saw Shrewsbury beat Plymouth 2-0. Goal from Doherty and a goal from Fay kind of was enough. Um, it was a it was an enjoyable evening, I think, mm, I think yeah. it's fair to say. Um, in terms of Shrewsbury, haven't had a great record against Plymouth. Um, so, we, we'd winless in the last six games against them, yeah. which goes back to the last win was January 2002. So, it was really nice to kind of break that duck. <laughs> um and yeah, so Glenn, who who started? Yeah, so it's the sort of same team we've been seeing the last few weeks with Arnold and Goal, uh, back four of Bolton, Sadler, Waterfall and Beckles, with Grant, Doherty, Norburn and Lawrence as the diamond this week, and Faye and Holloway up front. So no real no real changes from the game before, and, and the well, last few games now, isn't it, Ollie? And it's become quite a consistent team selection under under Coyne. Yeah, the only change obviously was Bolton coming oh, in, wasn't it? yes, there we yeah, go. Yeah, okay. sorry. But yeah, it's, it, he's played two games in a row now, but yeah, he just slotted in, and I guess... Yeah. Guess you kind of almost forget, and it's just kind of yeah. almost you know it's kind of a great kind of way of describing that there wasn't really any change and there was no real concern there. No um, attendance wasn't huge, obviously compared to Saturday, <laughs> quite low, uh, down at five thousand two hundred. And Plymouth brought a few fans; they are they are committed fans. Yeah, they're not having the greatest season, so I was I was surprised no. how many fans they actually brought. To be fair, and um, yeah, quite a good attendance. Looking at how many turned up for the FA Cup today, so yeah, <laughs> we'll go back to attendances. But yeah, as you say, the Bolton thing's interesting because he was such a mainstay of last season that. It's Kind of like you, you kind of forget that he wasn't playing, so yeah, my mistake, but um, quite an obvious one. So yeah, it was the team that we all, all sort of expected, and uh, yeah, it was kind of the result we're starting to expect under Danny Coyne now. So yeah, we sort of started quite well, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We started. I'd say the first kind of like five or so minutes, Plymouth were probably almost the better team. Mm. Um, but then after that, yeah, we absolutely dominated. So the kind of there's a bit of a scare where um, Grant got caught in possession. Yeah. Um, and then there was a through ball to Ladipo and he hit the side netting, which is one of their best chances of the game. <laughs> um, and yeah, I thought that was... And then for me, the counter-attack led by Ollie Norburn, Doherty out to Bolton, Holloway headers straight at the keeper. Yeah. And after that, for us, like for me, we, we dominated the half. Yeah, we, I mean, over the whole game, we had better possession, didn't we? And, and we were just were sort of more passing, more time on the ball. I thought that we, we we pressed them well, and yeah, it was it was a good start once we got over the initial start to it. I mean, yeah, I I, I did think you know Freddie Lapado did a decent job for us when he was here and scored a few goals in a few games. But you know, having watched him across that game, you know, we we talk about we talked about it a lot on the podcast about how we don't seem to have strikers who can score. I mean, Freddie Lapado wouldn't be the answer to that problem either. Would he? <laughs> he scored quite a few from the season. Yeah, maybe, but he didn't look much this, But yeah, he didn't look great, and he wasn't really getting much service. <laughs> no, really. no, and. I thought the word for me that kind of described the first half was kind of camped. Mm. We were definitely camped in their half. Um, and, you know, we don't normally look at possession stats. Because we haven't, I thought we were talking about that all season. No, but no. I had looked at half time because we dominated so much and we were at 58%. Wow. Um, but, yeah, for me, the, the rest of the half, we were camped. 
camped in. Um, it, was, it was interesting because the midfield diamond had so much of the ball, didn't they, yeah. in this game? It was really, you know, we, we'll talk about some of the outstanding performances, and I think obviously anyone that's at the game will talk about Doherty's performance, but you couldn't really fault any of the four midfielders. They worked their absolute socks uh-huh. off, and, and it really was probably for those four in that formation, maybe the most dominant performance we've had so far. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think the poor performance of Wickham drove us onto this performance. Mm, mm. Um, we played really well. And also the fact that we kept possession. Holloway was doing a good job as a target yeah, man. Yeah, Fay isn't too bad at holding the ball up either, which meant the fullbacks got engaged. So we were, we were a real good threat. Um, and so much so, even our central defenders were actually getting on the ball. <laughs> so there's a really beautiful cross-field um, cross pass from Sadler to Doherty, who had one of his first shots at goal, and, and he was a threat all game. He was. He, they were really worried about him, particularly the shooting, and we've, we've started to see now he has got an eye for goal. And um, It's interesting you talk about the defenders having a lot of time on the ball. I didn't expect there to be a point where Waterfall would have enough time on the ball to stroll out of central defence to about 35 yards out and have a crack on goal. It was a thunderstrike. <laughs> And now, now on Saturday, people are asking him to shoot. So yeah, he's um, he's doing so much better at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, we, we've you've sat with my brother today, haven't you? At the, at the game, well, we, we sort of was in the fan zone beforehand, and we were talking about Waterfall, weren't we? About how you know, and we've mentioned it on the podcast, always turning people around. But you know, it was nice to see sort of see my brother. And we were talking about, and he was sort of being very positive about him. And you know, he, he did start the season poorly. He was making a lot of mistakes. He almost made a couple today, but got away with it. But he has become a lot more solid. And one of the things I've noticed, um, not just his defensive side has improved, but actually we've talked about distribution distribution out from the back with. Um, Toto last season how we kind of were missing that I'm starting to see that Waterfall's got that in his locker so he's starting to show other sides of his game that we really weren't seeing at the start of the season and Sadler and him seem to be forming quite a good partnership as well they're always talking and organising and I think in this period of not having a manager, I've definitely seen Waterfall, Sadler, and Grant for me the three guys step that have kind of taken yeah, yeah take a step up on the field to really kind of take the um, take the team forward. So that's been really positive. Um, Ladapo had another effort in the half, yeah, um, and that was kind of their efforts really in that half. Um, and then how many minutes was it that Doherty scored? So so in in this first half. Yeah, it was yeah, about 35. 35 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, not long into it, I suppose, really. And we, as I said, you started to put our sort of foot on the throat of Plymouth by that point, haven't we? And, and it, I remember putting on Twitter at the time, it felt like that goal was coming. Oh, definitely. It must have, we were basically peppering the goal, really. A lot of long-range efforts, but yeah. like, not like too long, not crazy long. Um, and we were quite fortunate because we were right behind the strike, weren't we? Yeah, it was a really good finish, to be fair. He, he kind of, it was one of those ones where he got got the ball um, sort of shaped just the right to dr- sort of drop the shoulder to, to have the shot. And then the way he caught it was nice. So it went from sort of the left-hand side of the goal into the very right-hand side of the corner. And really kept it low all the way, which made it really, really difficult for the goalkeeper. And we'll come to Scunporth in a minute because the goal that we scored to win that game was a very similar type of goal. So, yeah, maybe they've been working on it, Ollie. Dude, <laughs> it, it does seem that we are. we have been the... Because Danny Coyne was talking about it after the Scunthorpe game, encouraging players to shoot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not just shooting from long range, because we were having a, that was one of our, yeah, grumbles. Not, not like waterfall range. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, he was near the edge of the box and he fired in, and it was, and he went through a crowd of crowd of players, and it was a great striker. And I think we definitely deserved to be a leader going to half time. It would have been harsh to be known at half time. I mean, they 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 got worse as the half went on. I thought they they were, you know, I can understand why they're struggling like they are this season. They looked pretty poor, to be honest with you. Um, no one really stood out to me for two hours with Plymouth, but we'll come to that at the end of the game. So yeah, half time one nil. I think that was a fair reflection of, of where we were. Um, it was uh, it was pretty cold, so I was just wanting to get through the fifteen minutes and look <laughs> forward to the second half because um, yeah, Tuesday night games in winter are never too much fun, are they? But um, yeah, uh, the second half and, and what happened was pretty fun. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look at that now. So yeah, they they obviously had been battered so much that their manager realised it, didn't they, and um, made some big changes. Yeah, so he brought in Taylor to go up front. So they went two at top. Um, and they matched us in midfield. Yeah. They brought on their best player. I was quite surprised that Carey didn't start, actually. 
Um, he he is one of their best players. Um, he's been injured or suspended, I yeah, think. So I'm not just, sure why he's been out, yeah. he has been out of the team. Um, and he didn't start, and he came on at half time. And yeah, the cleats tried to get him on the ball as much as possible. And yeah, for the first few minutes, um, I think I thought I thought their 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 tactical change did have a bit of an impact. They weren't as bad. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. They got into the game a little bit more. They didn't create too much again. I didn't think, and but they certainly were were matching us a little bit more. And and we talked about I talked about the midfield having so much space and time in the first half and being totally dominant. It's because they were given that little bit of extra space. And and to be fair, their manager saw that they were controlling the game and he tried to get to grips with that a little bit, um, which did help. But it, it wasn't stopping us from getting attacks and still trying to get the second goal. And um, yeah, it was a good chance for Faye, wasn't there? Where he had a really good sort of mazy little pacey run and. and had a, had a go at goal um, wasn't to be unfortunately and um, we did still then I think after about another 10 minutes even with the change we started to get the midfielders in the control of the game again didn't we and it kind of continued the pattern from the first half yeah I'd say our, you know, our possession carried on for yeah. got back to where it was in the second half yeah. um, started to pass the ball around nicely um, and uh, yeah it's kind of weathered the early storm from um, um, Plymouth in the second half they don't seem to be full of confidence do they Plymouth <laughs> no they did not no and and you know we'll talk about the next goal now in a minute and their heads went down completely after that goal to be fair but um, yeah it was another goal for a man in form wasn't it yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was a, a nice, as you were talking about waterfall and kind of his distribution. Yeah. Um, Grant gets the ball, a delightful chip over the, over Taylor into into waterfall, who charges into an empty space. Mm. Um, he then chips the ball forward to Holloway. Holloway then flicks it onto Faye. Good play. Faye takes, I'd probably say, quite a heavy touch. Probably knocks it further than the head than he probably really intended to. Mm. But his pace enabled, but his pace... That ball got him past the yeah, defender. Yeah. He then ran into the box and he had no other thoughts than just trying to put it in the back of the net and a really, really tidy finish. Clinical again. Yeah, we're starting to show that side of him, isn't he? Yeah, how many goals? Is that three goals in the league now? He's scored yeah, a lot of goals it, in the it, cup, hasn't it's he? It's four and five, isn't it, as well, yeah. in terms of his record in, in consecutive games. I thought he didn't score today, obviously, versus Gunthorpe to keep that run going. But even scoring that many goals in consecutive games is pretty rare for Super Town strikers, you know, and it's it's good to see him really hitting form at a part, again, at a part of the season where we haven't got a manager, lots of turmoil. A lot of players can shrink in on themselves and in. It's not just been those experienced pros like you pointed out before that have stepped up, but even some of the younger lads or lads just making their first season in the Football League have actually sort of taken to it and, and sort of pushed us on more than you would have thought they did. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how, how everyone stepped up, really. And you've got to, yeah, we'll go back and we've got to give Danny Coyne and Eric Ramsey credit for the, the atmosphere they've started to create, I think. And that's going to be something interesting for the new manager coming in to take forward. Definitely, yeah. There were um, Danny Coyne was talking about, obviously, we were saying then about the positivity, have a shot. Yeah. And Faye has, has clearly benefited yeah. from giving chance in the team. He does question why he wasn't in the team before. <laughs> people, but that was something that everyone's well, been talking about. Yeah, Askey played him the last two games. I, I got that wrong on Twitter the other day. I was saying, oh, he did, couldn't get a game under Askey, which he couldn't, and he wasn't playing enough at the start. But he did kind of eventually get into team those last two games, and but wasn't too good. It was in a those bit games. too late. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit too late, unfortunately. Um, Especially for for Askey, yeah. Um, but there we go. So that was that was two nil, and, and I was like, game over. There was, I thought there was no chance of them getting back into it. No, no, <laughs> no the um, the game pretty much. But we didn't stop trying to score. No, nope, we still nope. had more chances. So Doherty have another run and pass it to himself. Random Plymouth player. Um, a looping shot goes over. That was he ran from basically our penalty box. Yes, it was all the way burst. all yeah. the way through to to their and um, their their penalty area. And had a shot, and that ball just went over. So that was unfortunate. Yep. Um, and then um, Doherty did a low cross hard against the shop and goes out for a cold kick you could <laughs> criticise the shop there but he, he didn't have much time to react he was a bit fast he'd been he'd come on to do his late yeah. kind of holding job by that point wasn't he which yeah. uh, he got a lot more minutes today but we'll, we'll come to that but yeah there we go and then I saw the last controversial moment of the game really was there was a very late um, challenge on Faye and obviously from where I was in block 17 it's quite away from us it was down the other end and uh, 
Yeah, he went down in the box and it wasn't a penalty. Um, and he got uh, sort of free kick against him for diving. So, yeah, yeah interesting one, that. There's a yellow against him, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Mike got books. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember now. Yeah. But yeah, it was hard to see from block 17. He has he does go down quite a bit sometimes. Mm. So it's quite. I watched the video back, and it was just it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't close enough to the camera to be able to make it a definitive a lot, um, decision. A lot, a lot of fans that were closer to it were saying it was actually a dive. Okay. You know, from what I'm judging okay. it, judging it from what other people have say, seen that um, there wasn't any contact there, which is a shame. And if you know, given the benefit of the doubt, it's the first time he's done it at this football club. First time I've seen anything like that happen. I don't think you know you can call him a dive or anything yet. It may be just a, a blip in his, his his concentration or what he wanted to do. But um, yeah, I think from what other fans are saying, it wasn't a penalty. I Again, from the highlights, very difficult to tell. Yeah. Um, but we were all screaming for a penalty, so yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really make any difference. Icing on the cake. I wonder who would have taken it actually. Maybe Doherty or yeah. Ollie Norburn. Obviously, told tri- tricked um, um, Doherty giving him the penalty. Maybe yeah, maybe he's on pens now. Maybe <laughs> that was um, about it, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Apart from there was just one. Gilead came on and, yes. and still had enough time to frustrate you, Glenn. <laughs> so we had a nice carriage attack. Um, Gilead could have passed passed through to one of the forwards. I can't remember who it was. Um, but he's either to pass to the feet of the yeah. Plymouth defender, and that that would have been, that would have created a definite chance on goal. Yeah, it would have done. It was it was looking to get the third and really kill the game off. Yeah. But as I say, they they, they ra- raided us a couple of times. But Sadler and Waterfall and and Bolton, who you know obviously coming back in and had a good game. None of them really looked too worried. I th- thought Beckles was a little bit dodgy again at times, and it's a sort of theme that's really continuing at the moment. Yeah. And I think we're going to have to have a big chat about Omar at some point. But we're getting away with it at the moment, so it's not too much of a no. concern, is it? So there we go. So we had to make some substitutions, didn't we? So Ita came on the second half, yeah, yeah, and um, Gilead came on the second half just I'm to sure. kind of, yeah, because yeah. Nor- Norburn went off with an injury. Yeah. He didn't start today, so that that he had a he was. A, I, I'm surprised it wasn't a yellow card for that really strong tackle. I almost thought it was two footer challenge mm. on him mm. um, in the first half by a Plymouth player. Um, and he seemed to take a knock from that, and I think that's maybe why. On the radio, the, um, Eric Ramsey said that he took him off because he was tired. But for me, I think he must have he, got a knock. He must have an injury if he didn't play today. Even yeah. as well, even if it's not too serious, like, you know, there's no need to risk him today with big league games coming up. We've got enough central midfielders to play two teams, so it's not a problem. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it, it didn't work. it didn't really affect us today. Um, and that was it. Yeah, good good cheer and a good Tuesday night, and continued the good run from Danny Coyne going and, and say we looked we looked good across the whole game, but. Yeah, and it was good as well because it took us up to 15th in yes, the league, yes. um, which is the highest position we've been all season. Yep. Um, so that was very positive as well and kind of pulled away a little bit away from the relegation zone. Yeah, it gives us a bit more breathing space. And uh, you know, the more we watch this team and see how a manager with a different plan to what John Askey had can get them playing consistently and getting good results, you know, they should have enough to avoid relegation, shouldn't they? Yeah. It doesn't matter what and what new manager comes in, as long as they're not, as long as they could kind of keep that situation we've got going on now, we shouldn't really have a problem in the league. But you never know. A couple of key yeah. injuries here and there at Capital Twenty Club, but for all the positives of us, Plymouth look pretty abject, don't they? And I can't see them getting out of trouble anytime soon no it's an interesting one so their manager's been there for a while hasn't he he got yep. them promoted um, obviously they had a terrible start to last season and then then you know had a massive storm so I don't know whether their chairman and their board are hoping that they're going to get the same kind of um, bounce, back. Just, yeah, yeah. bounce back as going in I did see an article a few weeks ago saying that he's going to have to look in the general transfer window to sign some more players so yep. I don't know whether it's the players performing or the manager but yeah that's clearly a club that's not going in the right direction. No, 
Yeah, it almost seems like the recovery at the end of last season was sort of like a, a bit of a blip, really, considering their form of the last year and a bit. So, I don't know. It, it'll be see if, see if he gets a second chance. I think he's very obviously very well liked at that football club, Derek yeah. Adams, isn't he? So, um, yeah, but no one... As I say, we normally look at best player and what they're like. I thought <laughs> they were they were pretty abject across the whole game. I they can't think of anyone. Didn't really offer any kind of attacking threat. Ladipo, maybe? Was poor. Sarsevic was poor. You know, players we've heard was, of. At least was making them runs. Yeah, give him that, yeah, but. yeah. But they, they looked a bit, un, you know, not unfit. They just looked a bit not arsed when they went down. There's a lack of fight, really, so... Yeah, no one researched me. I've really got a best player for them, no. but um, but I certainly had better player, best player for us, and I think everyone walked out of the stadium thinking the same thing. Yeah, Doherty was class, <laughs> he was brilliant. He? Yeah, he covered every single blade of grass. He kind of set the tempo for the whole team. Actually, yeah, I thought, heartbeat going forward. His runs. I didn't realise he's quite good on the ball, and he? he's quite good at dribbling. Strong. Um, again, he's strong, but he gets into the box, and he's quite quick. Um, he's a good dribbler with the ball, so he's a he's a yeah he's a, he's a very good player, and and obviously he's got an eye for goal, so that's that's really encouraging healthy. as yeah. well. So yeah, so we both went for for top. Uh, we both went Doherty number one of our top three. Yep, and then yeah, I went for Grant number two. If 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 Doherty's the heartbeat of the team in a situation like that, you know. Grants the solar plexus is the hard thing that we've got the old position have kind of got to get through and that that's all you know we talk about defensive shield but you know if you think about parts of the body he's the hard bit of it and um, yeah he, he offered the platform again for the for the three attacking players to shine again um, in terms of midfielders and also the rest of them and I thought he was just he was just class again and I, and I went for Waterfall I've not really given him too many points across the season but I think in a situation like that where it was so comfortable it was the first clean sheet in what was it eight nine games it'd been quite a while him and Sadler were, were good Bolton was brilliant coming in um, but I think it's only fair to start to recognise his recovery so I gave him the third place cool cool yeah defence was kind of on my thoughts so for me Doherty stood out Grant was really good but I don't know almost his his his, his average level is so good for me he kind of, <laughs> he's always a 7 or 8 yeah, out of 10 exactly so for me that was almost like a given I went for Waterfall number 2 yeah. um, because I thought he played really well um, and then I went for Bolton third because I thought yeah. coming into a team that has been doing quite you know obviously we lost on the weekend but you know over the course of Danny Coyne's reign we'd be doing really well yeah. to come in and just kind of effortlessly slot into the team well, it's hard. Really, it can be yeah. hard, yeah. Especially coming into a winning team. It's easy coming into a worse team, but he was coming into a team that had been doing really well. And Emmanuel's recently. been doing really well as yeah, well. Yeah. But it's interesting you're talking about Grant, Sadler and Waterfall, and obviously we didn't concede today. Nope. And with Arnold as well, as a kind of almost like a defensive diamond with the goalkeeper, two central defenders and the mid and Grant, that's becoming real quite a solid it's base. Building, now. it's definitely building, yeah, yeah definitely. And, and they're getting used to each other. We couldn't have said that you know, four or five weeks ago, couldn't no. we? When it was chopping and changing and obviously we'd only we got Coleman in goal at one point and Askey was moving that saddle around every now and again. It was it was that lack of consistency. I mean, you know, Danny Coyne has been uber consistent with the players he selects. Unless they're not one hundred percent fit or injured, they're playing. Those those, yeah. those eleven players. So yeah, very interesting. But um, it wasn't Danny Coyne that came up for interview, was it? It was uh, it was it was Eric Ramsey. There was a chant of Eric Ramsey's Barmy Army from Block Nineteen. Was today, I heard. Yeah, which was, was interesting. Nice. So um, I've not had a chance to listen to any interviews this week. So you you obviously have. And um, yeah, what does Eric Ramsey come across like? Bloody fast. He talks bloody fast. <laughs> More uh, faster than me. He maybe not. <laughs> but you're not only been interviewed by Shropshire Radio very true, and, and very such true. like. But he his interview and the way he's articulated himself was was phenomenal. Good. Considering he's 27, he's yeah. only just started working as a first team coach. What it wasn't just what he was saying. It was how he was saying it. There was no M on R's, and it was just. His answers were so crisp and clear. Good. Um, so that was, and everyone, as you probably saw online, didn't you? Like, I remember Ryan Humphreys was really quick um, to tweet out how he was so positive. About everyone was his. very impressed. Yeah. With him, yeah, yeah. So what did he say? Um, he said, "Start to finish, we controlled the game. We limited them to a few chances. We talked about being better on the ball. In the first half, we dominated possession. Um, as soon as the first goal settled in, in doubts." 
Um, the second goal for him was a relief. On <laughs> Faye, he's clinical. He's a phenomenal finisher. Mm. Um, he, then he was talking about kind of like the atmosphere around the place. He's saying there's a good feel about the place and we have some momentum. Um, and then th- him being connected to the first team, he's really enjoying it. Um, and then he quickly turned on to talk about other people. So he's saying the group are really receptive. Um, and every day seems like a match preparation day without training is without training time it's been difficult to work on stuff which I think is quite an interesting point actually mm. um, Eric and Danny have, and the team have done really well and we've had two games a week yeah. so we haven't had any time so basically and he goes on to say that basically what they were doing is just giving them simple messages yeah. of what things they want to work on and Danny Coyne mentioned that in the first Checker Trade game against Crew that they gave him a few simple messages and they followed it through yeah. Yeah. and they've been doing that consistently and I think that's kind of then built a trust between mm. the players and the management team if they say the management team say to do something the players do it and it has a positive effect on the game and that trust builds, so I think there's been a big, big trust yeah. um, grow between the players. Especially as they managed to do that in what you said has been quite a relentless period. Yeah. Um, especially with the extra scrutiny and pressure they're under in their yeah. job compared to um, what they normally are. So yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, any other aspects? Yeah, just I guess the final thing was that they, he mentioned at half time they really wanted to get a clean sheet. Oh, good. So that's good to see as well. So yeah. obviously it's good to see they were focusing on those kind of things, and obviously it's good for the defence to get that clean sheet. Good yeah. for Bolton coming in, good for Arnold to get a clean sheet as well. Um, so yeah, um, that was it really. It was good and. And, um, yeah, it was a very, very positive interview. It's going to be interesting. I mean, we're going to have a chat about uh, Ricketts and what happens in the future after the next game. But um, my, my question I'm going to ask you in a minute, Ollie, you can start thinking about it, is, you know, is it is it foolish for us to put Eric Ramsey back down to coaching youth players when he's already shown that he can probably do more? So we'll come to that in a bit. But, um, yeah, that was it. It was a positive Tuesday night and we got the league out of the way. It kind of, as you say, settled us into mid-table finally and, and firmly, I would suggest. And, um yeah, everyone had the rest of the week to look forward to an FA Cup game, so we shall move on to uh, the game we've watched today. And they drew 2-2 at Millmore only a few days ago, but here comes Shrewsbury now with Stevens. Great chance! Must jolly be a goal for Taylor! Shrewsbury are back in it! So, today, Sunday, <laughs> I nearly said Saturday then. Yeah. Um, again, two Sundays, being like a Premier League team for you playing on a Sunday. I know, keep getting all these games moved around. Right. Uh, shame we don't get the money there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shrewsbury Town 1, Scunthorpe 0 means that we go into the third round of the FA Cup, which is always exciting. It's because, ace. I'm um, looking forward to the draw. Yeah, that's fun. And I'm sorry, I've seen you got the same lamp as me. <laughs> this is... This is the, there you go. I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't buy the lamps in this house, Ollie. That's, no, that's nor the wife's decision. There you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, there we go. Um, yeah, so, so the attendance... Back to the game. <laughs> back to the game. So the attendance was quite a low 3,400. Well, yeah. We went to the fan zone with your brother um, we before did. the game, and we were noticing how commenting how quiet it was. Um, and there's only 192 f- um, fans from Scunthorpe oh, as well, yeah. so there's a very poor attendance from those guys. Um, and um, actually, I'll talk about Scunthorpe now. So we've been chatting to um, a, a group of fans from, from a podcast kind of website called Iron Brew. Yeah. Um, and um, we were chatting to them before the game, and they were saying that their team was heavily depleted in terms of injuries and illness as well. Yeah. Um, they normally play four four two. Um, but we were told that they might play wing-backs today because they've got no full-backs. Yep. Um, so they're playing wingers as wing-backs they rather were. than uh, full-backs as wing-backs. It was noticeable. Yeah, it was noticeable. Because <laughs> it was quite... a very attacking game. <laughs> it was a very attacking game. And yeah, Scunthorpe didn't, didn't impress, did they? But, no. So um, in terms of who played, so it was the same back four again with Arnold in goal. Yep. Um, Grant sitting, Doherty. Um, we had um, Gilead um, in the number 10 role and yep. Laurent pl- um, playing in the Norburn role. Um, and then Faye and Holloway up front. And did you expect any changes to the team, Glenn? I suppose see uh, Gilead get the nod over, um, say, Colcott, for example. Um, obviously, playing central midfielder, he is a central midfielder. And um, obviously, 
I think everyone at the club thinks Gilead's got a bit of something about him and there's a player in there and we're, we're giving him these chances continually and this time he wasn't out the wing, he was sort of stuck out of position maybe. Could he impress there? Didn't for me too much today again. I mean, he got an assist, but it was one of those assists where he sort of just shoveled the ball on. But um, yeah, it was interesting that it, it wasn't another central midfielder that was given the role really. So, yeah, the left yeah. from Chelsea was his name. Colcott, yeah, Colcott, said, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's strange that he didn't start, but... I guess he maybe saw something in him and in training and yeah. gave him a chance, but yeah. um, obviously Wally isn't fully fit. Isn't no, fit and, enough yet. and and yeah, Wally's in that role, isn't he? If he get well, Wally probably goes to number ten. Laurent sits a bit deeper, and yeah. that probably works well. And when people say where does where does Wally fit into this team? If we stick with this diamond formation, Wally has shown that he can have a go at playing number ten, and so he's got a chance of playing still and playing consistently there. Yes, because normally when he does play there in his defence, it's only normally for one game. Yeah, and yeah. if he does play there, um, you know, quite a few times, I can see him linking up with him and his pace and face. That could be quite a threat. So, anyway, um, so we came out the fan zone. I had my burger yeah. and my cider. So you know, it was a nice, nice bit of Sunday food and drink. And uh, we came in there just a couple of minutes before kickoff. Um, I say we'd seen the team, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, overall the first half was quite an exciting watch. I thought personally, yeah. but better than the second half. And um, yeah, Town Town did all right. I think there was more headers in the first five minutes than passes. <laughs> there was a lot of heading, a lot of head tennis um, bouncing around, and and both teams had a chance in the first five. Um, so um, we had a chance of a scramble from a corner. Yes, and it's I don't know, I'm not sure who did the shot, but it's a really, really weak. Is Beckles? Was it Beckles? Yeah, he had two oh, sh- Beckles. Yeah, two shots within about a minute of each other, and um, the second one was the best chance, and he sort of toe poked it straight at the keeper quite weakly, which was unfortunate. And um, noticed again, I don't want to be twarding, but he was a bit ropey again during the game, and every time he got a chance in the box with a header or a shot, Beckles, his shooting's gone to pot. You know, he yeah. got a couple of goals last year, really not. Just get the feeling he's just not at his hundred percent confidence level, whether that's because he's making little sloppy little mistakes at the back, or he's not quite getting to the headers as quickly as he was last season. He's just not, you know, he's a good player still. He's just not quite at that level he was last year, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it was Beckles that had that chance, and um, you know, we, we we thought we could have scored earlier. We'd gone on and absolutely smashed them, yeah. but um, took but a bit. They had a chance as well. So yeah, they yeah. had that cross in the box and a looping header. Yes, um, that should that was, should have been a goal. Yeah, yeah. that was a really poor um, header um, from their striker. I think it was number seventeen. Was headed it wide. You know, he could. Have, he was quite close to goal as well. He was yeah. on the six-yard line, um, so he easily could have scored. Um, and then eight minutes in, there was probably one of one of them. One of the <laughs> controversial points. I think the word referees we mentioned quite a bit in this podcast. Um, so the word dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so um, Scunthorpe counterattacked, um, and Waterfall did look like he pulled down. <laughs> looked like def- he got yeah. yeah pulled down um, their defender and uh, their striker. Sorry, um, and then. What happens, obviously, what happens all the time is that everyone kind of all started having a big debate. Yep. So there's loads of Scunthorpe players, Shrewsbury players, the referee, and then the linesman got involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a very long debate, a free kick was given to to Shrewsbury. To rapturous applause. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, you... we all, you know, like most people there, I thought, well, he's last man, he's pulled him down. It looked like ah. he pulled him down. It looked like he pulled him down. I know the rules have changed, but, you know, you're used to in that situation of seeing... He's probably going to walk there. That's a, being a bad tackle and blah, 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 blah. And so I was expecting him to go over to the linesman and the linesman would say, yeah, you're right, I've seen that. And he was going to walk back over and send off Waterfall. That's what I was expecting. Um, or at least a booking. And one of the most interesting things was we were kind of watching it as it developed. And if you if you looked from the moment it happened, the first thing that Beckles did is he walked straight over to the linesman and he was constantly talking to the linesman about that decision. So way before the referee came over, maybe a minute and a half later, Beckles had already been massively in the linesman's ear. So I get the feeling that the linesman must have thought, this guy doesn't like me very much, I better be nice here. But I'm joking, obviously. But quite interesting that Beckles was on it. But I was expecting him to, 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 to get in a caution and then free kick. I don't know whether... Because I was chatting to the uh, guy who sat next to me and he was similar to you to you. Mm. And he thought... But I was, I don't 
don't know why, but I was actually watching the two of them yeah, before yeah. the ball got to them. Yeah. And Waterfall was fouled okay. before yeah. the, the before they both started running. Yeah. So the Waterfall was fouled, then he lost his footing, and then he was going down, then he looked like, yeah, he brought him down. Um, but for me, I think it was the right decision. Waterfall was fouled first. The only one the referee got right then, Ollie, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, the linesman <laughs> got that one right. Oh, yeah, but then the linesman kind of tried to yeah, make, even it up later on. But it did, you know, we talk about the overall referee performance and we'll come to some of the more controversial ways, but it, I, I, I got the feeling that, and you said on the way out, you reckon that at half time maybe McCall might have got in the referee's ear over that moment because it was so looked like, so controversial. And he definitely came out and refereed the game quite differently in the second half. Yeah. And, and so we'll come to that in a minute. But I think it had a bit of a. That moment had a big telling on how the referee went through the rest of the game. Um, but I thought the rest of the first half, he was, he was a reasonably... Re- reasonably yeah, he reasonable. was all right. Yeah, he was all right. The rest of the half, he was, he was all right. The second half, was, I think, was the, the bigger issue. Yeah, but so, you know, didn't stop us, really, that, that moment. We kind of just kept... A bit like Plymouth, really, in the, in the first half of that game. We were clearly on top. We were sort of dominating the ball as, as much as we possibly could um, and, and creating chances here, there and everywhere. And I thought we actually created a lot of chances in the first half. Yeah, we did. I was... Um, as I'd known, I was doing the podcast today. We weren't going to be watching the... Um, the extra um, highlights I thought I'd make some notes and I was busy very busy making, <laughs> making notes in the first half mm. so um, Faye had a shot after 15 minutes in the box um, Beckles um, had a, a really nice effort in the box after 16 minutes from the Gilead through yeah, ball yeah, so, was good. so Gilead did do a, a nice did, through ball few, there yeah he got an assist as well I agree with you there but um, yeah, yeah. I, it, I, it's, his, it's his off the ball stuff that you I think you struggle with the most. I, I think that we talked about this a lot today and we should really comment on it that the game was quite a physical game um, they were playing three big blokes at the back and they were also playing you know a, quite a strong direct game and I, I'll give Scunthorpe credit in the first half as much as I'm saying we controlled the game I thought they were really good on the break they had a go at us a few times they created a few bits and pieces you know it was a very open game wasn't it there was chances at both ends um, but for me the, the thing that Gilead missed the most is there was a lot of chances where he could have maybe put a foot in or got a bit tighter or wanted to go in and get hurt where he needs to get hurt and, and so I've mentioned this a few times now I think he doesn't want to get hurt he wants to just He's had bad injuries in his career. I think that maybe he does psychologically hamper him. I don't know. But I just want to see him put it in a bit more. Because you see players like Doherty will run for a brick wall for the club. Um, but obviously they're different type of players and you've, you've got to have a balance in a team. But yeah, that's my, my main concern. He needs consumer. to press a bit more yeah, now, in, in that number 10 role. Especially when you've only got... We've got no wide players. Exactly. So the, 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 the um, Doherty and today it was Lauren have a lot of room to, to kind of move. And if you haven't got a number 10 putting pressure on them, it gives gives that the, like the deep line player for the opposition time on the ball. Yeah. And if he's not harrying them, he need, it's something he definitely needs to work on if he wants yeah. to keep that shirt. And I think that was that was when they were, you know, they had their periods of control is when we were sort of, drip, he was drifting out of the game a little bit and they kind of, they were because there were periods in that game where they were on top for five, six minute spells for a little bit and then we'd come back at them. Um, especially from 20 minutes onwards, I think we probably controlled most of it. But in that first 20 periods, they certainly had, certainly had their moments. But yeah, I say, Beckles, that, that next shot he had wasn't, it was straight at the keeper, yeah. unfortunately. Um, and then one of the moments the first half for me was Laurent where he picked the ball up just outside our box, ran all along the West End, which is one of the best things about it. If you yeah. can if you can get that whole West End up and sort of engage with a run and he was powerful and no one was catching him. And we were noticing that you see people run fast. You know, Faye's obviously a quick player, but Faye, Faye sometimes when he gets the ball, he doesn't look quite as quick because he's got to get it under control and take three or four touches. Whereas Laurent, when he bursts through, he looks quick with ball at feet, which is quite a difficult skill sometimes. Um, so that Reminds was impressive. Godfrey when he yeah. does that. Yeah, I agree with you. He, he did have a Godfrey-esque game today, to be fair. Um, but it was brilliant. He, and he ran all the way down there, cut back, sent, sent the defender for cut, and then he hit a shot and it deflected. And unfortunately, it was looping was down. saved it, I thought. No, it hit the bar. It hit no, the bar. Thought the oh, keeper got... saved it. Ah, okay. And then it hit the crossbar. It might have been. But anyway, but it hit the bar. It looked like it was going in all the way, unfortunately. And um, that would have been one of the goals of the season. Unfortunately, yeah. it was so so 
the drive that we just weren't seeing at the start of the season sometimes. It's really there now at the moment. That, that's the sort of thing that epitomised it. But yeah, it was great, great. And he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, I like. I do like Lauren. I think he's a really good player. He's a tidy player. But Norbert and Doxy both do that. I mean, I think it's key that you run with the ball in those positions yeah. because you, don't, you haven't got a winger to pass the ball to. So it's really key that when you're playing the diamond that the, the two central midfielders do run with the ball. Yeah. And one of the advantages, have, you know, he's one of that's one of his strengths is running with the ball. So that was good to see. And yeah, that would have been an absolutely brilliant goal. We probably one of the goals of the season. Yeah, if he'd scored at that point. It was unlucky. I mean, for all that being one of the best things about the half, one of the worst things about the half, I thought, was the fact that up until we scored, obviously Gunthorpe thought it'd be a good idea to try and time waste for the replay. Because they did everything they did was so slow. Every goal kick, every throw in, every free kick they had, every even when they had the ball, they sometimes tried to slow it down a little bit before they'd hit their break. And it was, it was quite you know I, I can understand why a team would want to come to us and try and get a replay back at their house. But you know you think that they you know they, the way they played the second half they had a bit more of a go. I thought so. Yeah, it's a bit it of a weird be, tactic. We've, well, we've played um, Wickham. Yep. And then Brad and Bradford, slip of the tongue. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously playing Scumthorpe. Yeah. Two managers who like their shithousery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a lot of it. And yeah, it's um, it's not a surprise. I really enjoyed. Team. I really enjoyed seeing McCall moaning at us our time wasting at the end of the game, considering how they played the first bit of the first half. So yeah, those in glass houses, Stuart. Those in glass houses. Um, but yeah, there was um, yeah, so that was it. At the bar. We, we had another shot after a really good smart smart throw in sort of routine where Doherty had a good crack and then. Eventually, that was, a, that was a good throw. Actually, it was a good throw. Really fair. So Bolton took a throw, and if you weren't at the game, he'd kind of just threw it into the box, and Doherty kind of ran onto it. Yeah, that was really tidy. I like yeah, it was. That. And then that wasn't too long after that. The goal eventually came after uh, thirty-five minutes. It wasn't too long in there, and yeah, it was. It was a good goal actually. It was a quick break from the back, wasn't it? Eventually, the ball got sort of shoveled onto Gilead, and he sort of moved it on a bit further yeah, out. It wasn't where... really an assist. Was it? it was. <laughs> he'll <laughs> he get given the assist, but he just passed, he passed it to it. Holloway, who was also out wide. And then Holloway did a lot of the work himself, where we took one two step forward, sort of then cut back and did what, as we said, Doherty did last week, just took a sort of almost snapshot really and kept it low and it it pretty much the same back of the net that Doherty shot did. Yeah, it was a really nice finish and, and you know, we've been missing a striker who could have a bit of a hard shot. Payne had one last season and it's always a bit of a weapon because yeah. it puts the opposition at, uh, you know, and Danny Coyne was talking about this in the post-match, saying how he's been trying to encourage Holloway to shoot more because he has got a good shot. Yeah, and that was good for him to see. And good for him to get a goal. Um, you know, also he had a header at Wickham, and it's, it's good for him to two get and a three goal. now, isn't he? Yeah, and as I said last week on the podcast, I think my boss, the Oldham fan, who obviously watched him all last season, he's very, he's very. Every time I see him, he always says, "If he gets one, he'll get on a run, and he'll score you four or five in a few games." So maybe we're starting to see yeah. signs of him getting on a little run now, which would be a positive thing for him and Fate to start scoring. We would look, we would looking really dangerous then. So. Yeah. That was good. I thought we deserved a goal at this oh, point. Yeah, it was. It had been coming, and yeah. for that, especially that five-minute period beforehand, and um, we'd certainly deserved to be ahead by half-time. Um, that weren't as bad as Plymouth, though. I thought so. If we're comparing the yeah, two, I think they that's fair. Like the better team. They look like considering better. that we were being told that they had a lot of injuries and illness. <laughs> but how bad are Plymouth? <laughs> yeah, it says how bad Plymouth are as well. Yeah. So, yeah. and then the, then after that, then like the referee started to get a bit odd at the end of the half. Just so the Holloway end, yeah. had like this really weird. He was like hit in the head. His shirt was pulled. He was dragged all over the place. That's not a foul, apparently. Yeah. Um, and then a free kick was given, um, um, and they had, took a free kick. Right enough time. Yeah, and, and good save by Arnold. Yeah, really good. And Arnold made a, a few good saves from free kicks and, and sort of long snapshots as well, where he got he gets his body behind it, doesn't he? And maybe there was a couple of moments in the game where he came out and punched a corner, which he could have caught. I think there was a few fans around me moaning about that. But in general, his, his, his overall game was, was good, so... Um, can't really complain. He also hit a couple of good uh, goal kicks straight out to players on the run this week, which was yeah. Oh, that ball to Gillian yeah. down the really side good. was really nice. Really good. Yeah. But yeah, we defended that off, and half time came, and uh, it was all going very swimmingly. We were starting to plan about who would get in the third round, and uh, yeah, it was it was all going well. And um, yeah, second half, 
Yeah, it'd be interesting. I say the referee affected it more. Um, yeah, but I think we were still good. I think we've still shaded the half overall. To be honest, I suppose with you. I described it in my kind of full time tweet on the Salakast account as a professional job. Yes, we kind of saw the second half through. Um, first we, still, we still tried to score, but, yes. but it was you know we were very it was a very controlled performance. We controlled possession and play. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't as exciting in the second half. I think no. it was a, up until the end. The last, last six, seven minutes were pretty crazy, weren't they? But, you know, the, just the first 20 minutes of the second half sort of drifted by. We kept them at arm's length. Every, every They sort of exchanged a couple of chances here and there. Um, but it was it was fine. That's all you would have wanted yeah. to do at this stage. That was, you know, I'm going to say again, it was kind of Paul Hurst-esque football once we got ahead. It's what we were doing under him. So, you know, it worked then and it worked again today. So there were a couple of moments there, weren't there? We did, it, we did have one good counter, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We had a good effort. Um... And there's yeah, Gilead did a through ball on the edge, and a good cross, and then lucky not to find Holloway. So that was really back. good. That yeah. was a really nice run from him as well. So actually, the more you discuss the game, actually, he was quite quite heavily involved actually in the attacking play. It's just it's that off the ball stuff he needs yeah. to work on. Yeah. Um, and then maybe I'll be, you know, looking back on it, maybe I might might have been overly harsh on him today, but um, but it is I the defensive know. thing, and yeah. it was a bit of a tough game, and he needed to put. Yeah. And then obviously, the, the management team agreed because they made us. He was the first one off, yeah, which, um, which kind of backed it up, I guess. He was yeah in attack of performances. He was involved, um, and then the, in terms of that kind of decisions, we did. There was a, there was a lot of the players <laughs> didn't help the ref. I'd say no, but this was brilliant. So like there was like a bit of a weird deflection. So I think Waterfall cleared it, hit the um, defender. Bounce, hit, hit them one of their players Kane bounced back and then basically it was a defender versus Sadler and Sadler took the one for the team oh, it, was, it was as cynical of a foul as you would ever want to <laughs> and see and it was a kind of foul if it was the other way around you'd be off your seat screaming for a ref. shouting yeah, yeah. Um, but it was definitely a yellow card and fair yes. play to Sadler <laughs> he didn't, the, the referee did not go, need to go and speak to the linesman about that no. one did he he was pretty firm on that one from, from straight away and um, yeah you know, he knew he could take a booking I yeah. think all the bookings have get, got reset now so you, if you've had four bookings now I think they've been reset so oh, okay. everyone that was on two or three bookings is going to be able to take one over oh, the next well. few weeks so that, that that's fine. You can take one book in. He's only on one again now, so yeah. um, that was fine. And then it was about that point I spotted the the Eric Ramsey Barmy Army chance from Block Nineteen, which was interesting. Was so nice yeah, that was good. Um, and yeah, then yeah, bit bit further on. Then the game was dripping through. We had a Doherty. Not a lot happened. No, there was a long ranger from Doherty, wasn't there? Yeah. There was a really good tackle from Grant. Stopping two. <sighs> Brilliant. He's so good. I love yeah, I love Andy Grant. And then <laughs> after seventy minutes, a bit early, really. We brought the shop on. Yeah. What were we doing? He only comes on the last five minutes normally. <laughs> it was it was an odd decision at first. I thought when he was warming up, I just I kind of almost thought oh he's coming off Holloway and kind of yeah didn't everyone even, did didn't even make much notice of who he actually came on for. Um, but then he was played in the number ten role. Um, but you see why he did it. He was made of some great tackles, putting his body around, you know, really pressing and kind of stopping them to play. As we were saying earlier on, mm. you know, in that number ten role, you do need to press in a diamond. Yeah, um, it's, it's crazy to think we're bringing the shop on to play in the number ten role, but it was a very specific role, yeah. as you say, to mark that number twenty three, who was starting to have a little bit more of an influence yeah. on the game to try and get them back in it. Um, I thought it was smart management yeah, by calling it Ramsey. Smart. It was really clever to spot what our problem was becoming and. Yeah, it was a job that he's not done very many times before, but he acquitted himself reasonably well. He made a few good tackles. He tried to keep the energy levels up because I thought Faye and Holloway did tire towards the end of that game again. And I know we've yeah. had a lot of games recently, but it was it was sort of the shot coming on that gave us a little bit more legs in those attacking positions that meant we weren't just spending the last twenty minutes camp- camped in our own half, just getting airily bombarded, which we did a lot. But you know, he did he did well in that role. To be honest with you, he didn't he wasn't a corner forward. He was almost a middle forward this time. Mid- <laughs> middle a, res- reserve forward. Pressing number ten <laughs> um, to use a football manager yeah. type esque um, kind of description. I thought yeah, it was a good change, and for me, yeah, it was it was one of those tactical changes that meant that Scunthorpe had to th- 
think about it. They yeah. had to do something. Um, and it stopped them and it kind of slowed their impetus down. Um, it did. It was good. But yeah, then the then the rest of the game kind of just went a bit mad. It did. There was loads of chances, like at both ends, like half chances, snap chances, and there was also lots of, you know, refereeing controversy. I think one of the ones that kicked it all off was there was one where Faye got fouled near the halfway line, wasn't it? And he, he wasn't giving us anything at this no. point, the referee. It didn't matter what we did or what we got how we got fouled, he wasn't having anything. And yet if we sort of brushed against one of the Scunthorpe players, he suddenly started giving them loads of free kicks, which Waterfall and Sadler particularly did really well heading loads of stuff away today. You know, they had a lot of stuff in that last 20 minutes area to deal with. Um, and then they were really good. But it, it was one where Bolton got pushed over and he didn't do anything and kind of lost control a little bit, do you think? Yeah, I think he did at this yeah. point. Um, and it was just, it was really frustrating. One of those really frustrating. So I don't know what Holloway does. There's something he must do to, to kind of wind up to central <laughs> defenders and referees because he never, ever gets anything. And he always seems perplexed by it as well, but you think he wouldn't be perplexed anymore mm. because it mm. happens every single week. Um, so that was frustrating. And yeah, the game was just, yeah, the referee just kind of then kind of stole the show. Yeah, I mean, we, we yeah, he did it, unfortunately. And, and then we had, um, obviously, uh, another chance where I think it was Faye. I can't remember if it was Faye. Or someone got down the right and crossed it to, to the shop. He was like on the edge of the box when he headed the ball. Yeah. And I think he would have missed that from five yards out, let alone 12 yards out. So he <laughs> fortunately headed over. And then it started to get a bit worse. And obviously, we had more and more going on, and there was a penalty from nowhere. And <laughs> no one could understand. We were, I could understand why there was a, a, a kind of referee blue, because I thought it was a foul. Or I assumed on it was us. a foul. Yeah. yeah, a set foul on us. And Danny Coyne said that as well. He thought that it was a foul. He yeah. thought that both referees had decided it was a foul um, on Bolton. That's what he thought. But then, and even the players... No one None either. of the players, the Scunthorpe yeah. players were surprised, the Shooter Town players were, and it wasn't even like the Scunthorpe fans were shouting for nope. it. No, it was one of those ones where it was a ball into the box, like every ball, either we'd put a free kick into the box or they'd put a free kick into the box. There'd been like 15 of those during the game, maybe maybe less than that. There was, the, what happened there, was go, what was going on was no different to any of the other balls into the box. And suddenly, he's decided that's the one where he's going to give a penalty. It was a scandalous decision, frankly, outrageous. And... You know, we got justified in the end, but it could easily cost us our place in the FA Cup this year. And it's not the sort of thing that you want to see referees doing. And maybe he's applying what he thinks is a fair point of the rules. But if that was the only time someone pulled a shirt in the box during that entire game, it's rubbish. It would have it gone was, on all the time. It was pushing. Everyone was, was, was all over everyone. Yeah. Yes. In yeah. the, and there was loads and loads of pushing um, in the game on us. And the yep. never, ever did, there was one where um, one of our players got pushed and the referee was like, was no further than... Like you know, ten meters, even not even ten meters, five yeah. meters away from yeah. it, and he didn't do anything. It was an obvious push. The pl- our player kind of was jerked forward, and he didn't. D- and then there was the Fay, um, the tackle on Fay down the uh, down the other yeah, end. Yeah, that was horrible. That one. Yeah, where the where the linesman didn't do anything. And the the fullback, the number three, I assume he's normally a fullback playing ten and a half. Um, clearly didn't get the ball and they just no. carried on and everyone, and by then it, the fans were going mad well they turned didn't they I mean yeah. it, the noise before the penalty was getting quite yeah. bad for referee but you know we'll come to the penalty in a second but afterwards it was really bad but yeah obviously they got the penalty and everyone was sort of still booing the whole stadium was booing as the penalty was called for us that's all we needed was another replay <laughs> yeah. um, away at I wouldn't control. have been going to that Ollie <laughs> um, but yeah it looked like for the world we're heading for a replay and then up steps you know Steve Superman Arnold with another great save it was a good save wasn't it Dad was left um, and a really strong, real strong arm <laughs> considering we've been talking about how he can't really move that quickly he moved pretty well, quickly it's to save a penalty shows that some, obviously the work that Danny Coyne um, and the goalkeeping team have been doing to make yeah. his agility yeah. improve um, I saw that um, Danny Coyne in his post match said that we came in the dressing room and all the lads jumped on him and were screaming his name that's good that's you know, yeah. 
it's yeah, good to hear. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think he's you know another experienced pro that's probably feeling you know part of that sort of renewed optimism and and buzz that's in the dressing room. But yeah, great save, deserved. We did not no. deserve a replay at that no game way. in a million years. No way. Um, and that was it, really. We we sort of did. There was five minutes injury time. We we had a couple of moments where we got it down in the corners and held it. We killed off a bit of time with um, a bit of sneaky time wasting. There was one where Anthony Grant let the ball roll through his legs, and there yeah, was one where faked the ball <laughs> under the family stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that um, was quite funny. And then he did only, get away with that one. Yeah, he did. And then there was a really horrendous tackle late on by the shop where he, I think Grant maybe misplaced, a, sort of lost the ball a little bit, and well, they he, were he about, got fouled. So Grant, yeah, Grant got it. fouled, and it should have been a free kick for Shrewsbury. So shop decided to take it in his own hands. <laughs> Two footed from long range, and ref was like booking. That's fine. <laughs> so I thought we got away with one there as well, but yeah, that was it. And and you know the town fans were booing the referee for the entirety of the rest of the game, even injury time. And it was just again a nice massive cheer when we did it. You know, yeah. grinded out a one nil. And I was I said turned around to my mate Jerry at the end and I said, you know what that result is? That's the sort of result we need for the rest of the season to stay out of trouble. You're gonna have to grind out a few one nils here and there, home and away, that will just keep us above the relegation problems, give us a chance of being comfortably mid table this season. And if all things went right, we might look forward a bit more. But you know, you need those gritty victories. You know, not everything can be flashy three one three. Two wins, you know, it's going to go back to some clean sheets and, and one yeah. nils. No, and there's Paul nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing that unites Shooter Towns fans more than a dodgy referee. Very performance. true. Very true. Yeah, they, we, we, they were outraged. It was good to hear. To be fair, <laughs> so that was it, really. So yeah, what did you make of Scunthorpe overall, Ollie? Mm, pretty poor. Still not Again, great. Yeah. yeah, another poor team. Obviously, taking on um, the comments from um, from the Iron Brew podcast that we had a lot of injuries. Um, they didn't really threaten much, did they? Um, they weren't mm. a particularly good side, um, and there's no no one really stood out for them either. Could you think of a player that kind of stood out for them? Uh, I, I'm Lund got involved a bit, didn't he? The yeah, he's ginger, a ginger head, sorry, the, the grave, to be fair. Yeah, he was he was he was moaning he got all the time as well. He, he got booked point? for that was that horrible tackle. I was yeah. remember, but he, he did a horrible tackle as well. But yeah, no one really stood out to me. I mean, you could give the centre backs a bit of credit. They did all right with Holloway for most of the game. To be yeah. fair. Um, his goal obviously they couldn't do much about because he hit it from long range but in terms of the aerial battle although he didn't win too much during that no. game I didn't think so this time it was fouls against him exactly it was yeah so so there we go and obviously we've we've got back it's it's now you know 5.26 so we've not had too much time to look <laughs> no, at any point I'd say Ollie was listening to the, the post-match interviews on the radio on the way back just to get a vibe of it what were the sort of any key messages he had really no just like a brilliant team performance a res- resolute and they're battling for everything they worked hard over each other going forwards whilst defending as a team and over performance together they just had to get together us on both ends. Um, Aaron's strike was great. We've been yep. telling him to shoot, as we said. Um, and yeah, everyone in the whole stadium was amused why he gave a penalty. Um, Steve popped up a great save. Him and Phil Smart have done their homework and they go through everything, so that's good to hear. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. So credit for them for that. The lads are buzzing for Steve. He's a great lad and works so hard. He came in the dressing room and all the lads are jumping on him, so that's funny. And then, yeah, um, and then oh, the Shooter Town website said that the FA Cup draws tomorrow at 7, so yes. that should be good. So go on then, Ollie. If, we, if you've got to pick something now, what would you like? I would like a big tie. Away at a London ground. Oh, I've never really okay. been to many London grounds. Big I've never been to Premier League grounds in the northwest and Midlands. I've been to all of them. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really been to many London ones. So for me, um, away at Chelsea, away at Spurs. Well, which I said that would be Wembley. So that would be rubbish. Away at um, um, Arsenal or Chelsea or somewhere like that would be good. Or even someone like Fulham. I don't know. Just I think like a London trip. Get we the had, train down. Yeah. Have a few beers. We had Fulham in the cup years. I remember going to, as a kid to Fulham in the FA okay. Cup. We had, we had played them at their place and then we had a replay. It was before we. I think it was before we played Liverpool, wasn't it? Darren Curry scored that goal. Didn't need to get us through to that game against Fulham in the replay. It's my memory. So, somewhere, right. somewhere, anywhere that is like a good train trip. Yeah. Maybe maybe a Sheffield club as well. Mm. But yeah, all all Leeds would be interesting one. I, I really want Walsall away. I'm desperate. For- <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we don't. That's the last thing we want, isn't it? We were Jesus. talking about this on the way back. Yeah, we were. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm, I'd kind of go the other way, and I'd say I'd quite fancy a. Um, yeah, I'd quite fancy. Uh, I don't know uh, one of the Premiership clubs up in the northwest, just because it'll be a nice, easy trip for me. So you know, there we go. But one thing we did just miss, Ollie, is yeah. the top three from that game. So go on, just. Re- I went Arnold first. It's got to be in those safety. Ben, he could save in the, fir- the start at the end of the first half with the free kick. Yeah, lo- loads of good saves, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he made some. He's a few dodgy kicks, but there was that a few good kicks as really well. Really good, yeah. Um, but then the penalty saves. Arnold first. But I kept in the cut, didn't it? Yeah, yeah he Can't did, argue yeah. That. Then I went for Lauren. I thought he was busy and um, strong. And then went for Bolton again. I thought he had another tidy performance. Um, and he's quick thinking, you know, the throw. And I thought he had a very solid game. So, how about you? Yeah, he's done well since coming back in the team, Bolton. You're right there. Um, I went for Arnold as well. I th- you know, I thought he was good all overall. But as I say, you've got to give the man... You know, if you give a um, player man of the man for getting a winning goal, essentially he got us the winning penalty save there. So, he, yeah, give him it just for that. Um, but I went for Grant again. I've, I've said enough about Grant over the last few weeks. And Sadler, I went for third. I thought of, of the defenders, he was probably the most solid. And, and he really did social leadership when things got a bit crunchy near the end. So, yeah, that was good. So, we're into the next round. So, we've all said what we want, which is good. And I'm sure town fans will have lots of different views of where we'd like to visit in this country um, or who we'd like to bring here. Like, you know, it might be Joe Hart coming back with Burnley. There you go. That'd be an interesting one. <laughs> we might go and tell again um they've already done that though and um yeah so there we go two more wins this week ollie everything's rosy in the shoesby garden but we obviously still don't have a manager so we shall no. move on now to sound news and looking at sam ricketts hibbert cleared and he's probably dunfield dunfield So, Salad News, there's only really one topic to discuss. Um, that's the manager. And I'm, um, so, it's really funny, me and you were both chatting um, on Friday daytime, yes. saying that like there's no rumours coming out of the club, it's no. quite interesting that like it's all quiet and you know, nothing's leaking. And then Lewis dropped the bomb. <laughs> Lewis in the paper dropped his article at about 4.30 on Friday yeah. afternoon, didn't he? Yeah, saying that Sam Ricketts, um, is rumours that he's going to be coming to Shrewsbury, um, so that was very interesting. Um, a lot of, obviously, rumours going flying around. Um, and then on Saturday lunchtime, Wrexham announced that Ricketts won't be managing the team in the FA Cup, and yeah, they're on, really on TV. So that wouldn't was really be appropriate. Was their line, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so kind of on this, it's a, it's an interesting one. We don't really know, obviously, what's happened. No. Um, it could be that you know, like, there's one extreme that some fans are saying that Brian Caudle has approached him, and it's all kind of gone like kind of back doors and all that stuff. Hurst-esque movements, Hurst, which would be a bit embarrassing, which wouldn't would it? Be, would be very, very <laughs> hypocritical from Brian. And I don't think for a second I hope he's not. done that. I hope not. Yeah. I don't think that's. I, I don't think he would have done that. No. So for me, it sounds like Wrexham have made a decision um, to obviously accept an offer from Whatever, Shrewsbury yeah. um, for him and take the money. Uh, and it does sound like the assistant manager as he's put a few interesting comments out to kind of almost <laughs> saying he's going to be hard for him to come back. He also said that Ricketts is undecided as to whether he will come to Shrewsbury, which might just be putting you know smoke smoke out yeah. there. But um, it, it'd be interesting now with this whole situation that developed this week in that you know what would happen if suddenly Ricketts gets cold feet. We look horrendously embarrassed by that whole situation, and you can't really go back to Wrexham because the Wrexham played Newport County on Saturday night. I watched the first twenty minutes of the game before I realised Wrexham and Newport County are both dreadful and it was boring. And they were chanting anti Ricketts things the whole way through. You know, Twitter has been alive, and they hate him now. So <laughs> you can't really go back to Wrexham. And, and three days earlier, there was an article um, in, in one of the um, online one of the um, local papers in Wrexham saying that. Um, 
I've had no contact, and you know, mm. which is obviously tr- potentially true at the time. Yeah. But those articles then get twisted, and people read something into them that you know you was lying then, but you could have been true. You might not have been approached at that point. No, it wouldn't, and it hasn't been announced yet. We're obviously no. getting to six o'clock on the Sunday. You suspect we'll probably announce it Monday morning, but it seems for all the world that Sam Ricketts will be our new manager, a man that is you know managed twenty seven, twenty eight games of twenty three games. Twenty three. So, yeah, he's got a very nice win percentage. <laughs> That's he's good. won fifty seven percent of his games. But he's only managed 23 games. Which Crazy. Is, which is really, really inexperienced. Um, he's been a coach at Coventry and Wolves. Yeah. He's obviously got all his badges and there's links to the F- with Rams in the FA mm-hmm. um, in terms of coaching. But just before we come on, to, I'll ask you, just have a think, Glenn. So, you know, managing 23 games non-league, going to League One, raised eyebrows potentially. But Big who time. is he? So he's played. He's 37 years old, played at fullback. He played for Oxford, Telford, Swansea, Hull, Bolton, Wolves. Um, Coventry, um, and he played. He's born in England, um, um, so like a lot of Welsh internationals. <laughs> yeah, he's not Welsh. Um, and um, yeah, he's not Welsh, he but yeah, 50, yeah, he, fifty-four cats for Wales. Um, so yeah, so so going back to my question, Glenn, like he hasn't got a lot of management experience. No, he hasn't, and um, it, it is a very interesting appointment. And we can get to the, the whys and wherefores of what we do as a football club. Any any time a new manager is installed here as a podcast, as a fan base, we're going to get behind them. You know, there's, yeah. there's no debate about that. We, we got behind Askew when he was here, despite what we thought about his initial interviews and how he came across and things. You know, we went to the games, we supported the team, we cheered for them, we, I, you know, we all chanted and, and wanted to get them do, going the best. It didn't work, right? And we'll be the same if Ricketts comes in. But it's, it is the sort of appointment that will leave a few people scratching their heads. You know, there's, there's two reasons why. One, the lack of experience for for what is a big football club in in in, in League One that wants to do things, um, but obviously someone that's got a big reputation in in terms of his coaching and stuff potentially, and the other one is is his links with all of our hated rivals, which is which <laughs> really, is quite funny. which is really funny, you know. And we talked about his comments that he had a few weeks ago where he slagged us off when he didn't want to leave Telford when they went bust and come to us. He wanted to see the job out at Telford, which you can either say was was foolish because they went bust and he didn't get paid for a few weeks, um, or it was committed. You know, he was committed to the job, but then he's not been very committed to the Wrexham job, so swings around about. Um, and obviously his connections at Wolves and his connections at um, now managing Wrexham as well. And I, you know, I remember when he played for Telford in those in that conference season, I booed the hell out of him I must have called him every name under the sun and stuff like that so it's interesting that this guy that we, we were all sort of slagging off back in the day might end up managing us but you know I suppose it doesn't make any difference at the end of the day it's just a very interesting sort of road he'll have taken to the Shrewsbury Town job and he fits the mould doesn't he of the Hurst mould Askey didn't quite fit the mould younger because yeah so Brian Caldwell came out didn't he a few weeks ago and then said what Shrewsbury's strategy is to you know sign hungry players from lower leagues and also sign Hungry managers. managers as well. You know, there's, you know, and they've got no problem with them being ambitious. And he f- completely fits the T, you know, everything apart to that. But other than the experience, but other than yeah. the experience, yeah. yeah. So, so Paul Hurst went, you know, he went to Boston, then he went to Greensbury, then he came to us, and he and went had to success. Few, uh, yeah, and he, sorry, there's other club, a couple of other clubs on the way, and had success and had those experiences, and went in, and also going into a new dressing room as a manager. Now, actually, it's quite interesting. He's man, he's played at quite a lot of places, so he's quite used to going in um, and you know going into a new environment yep. and kind of set himself up. Yeah. For me, only, only managing 23 games is a risk and also only managing non-league is a risk. But he has been a coach at bigger teams. Obviously, mm. coaching at Wolves was a big setup as well. So that's yeah. interesting. But for me, it doesn't make him a bad appointment. Um, I think it's a really interesting. Chris Hudson, who used to work for the Shropshire Star. Came on the podcast, yeah. Yeah, said he was one of the most intelligent players he, he ever interviewed. Um, we've had, you know, he sounds like he does good interviews. Um, he's played at a high level, coached at a high level. Um and yeah, you know, he should have a good network and also he played internationally as well. So his C V looks good. It's just I think maybe it's just 
I don't know, but I don't know who's going. Do you think you know? Think we're quite way down the, the short list in terms of who we wanted potentially? Is that something, or are you just I, making I, assumptions? It's hard to know, isn't it? Yeah. And Brian and Brad Dat will ever know. Brian won't tell us. Nori yeah. might one day, but we will f- soon find out. <laughs> his, his wife leaks it all on Twitter again one day. But yeah, you know, I suspect from everything that's gone on, the fact it's taken us twenty two days to get to the point where we're starting to negotiate with a manager now I suspect we probably asked a couple of players out there and I almost certainly that one of them was Bowyer and he's just not going to take the job so they've then had to cast their net there and whether he's down the bottom of the list or he's third on the list I, I suspect it's probably probably something like that and these things do take a long time I suspect that the financial thing with Wrexham has probably been a big problem it's going to cost us a fair bit of money that, to be honest with you because you know, he's only just signed a new contract to the start this year to take it on We've obviously just had to wash our face for a ton of money on ASCII, so we probably don't want to pay that much. So combination of all those factors is maybe why it's dragged on. Um, but yeah, I, you're right, You can't. we can't judge this really until he gets in. He tells us what his plan's going to be, what he wants to do, the type of player he's going to bring in, how the backroom team comes together. And we talk about Coyne and, and Ramsey, and they've got links with him. Um, so obviously um, Ricketts and Coyne played in the same Welsh team, so they'll have connections there. And Coyne, uh, sorry, not Coyne, um, Ramsey. Ramsey works for the Welsh FA, and Ricketts did his badges with the Welsh FA. So Ramsey, for anyone that doesn't know, has been a coach with the Welsh FA for quite a long time. And he, he currently does um, the UEFA Pro A licence, which Ramsey will have gone through. Um, sorry, which Ricketts will have gone through. Same thing Sol Campbell did. He did his with the Welsh FA. So interestingly, our, our youth coach, who's now a first team coach, has helped coach lots of people that are getting jobs elsewhere. So I suspect that connection has a big part to play in it. I do think that some of the stuff that people were saying a while back about Dave Edwards coming in to speak to the chairman about it and giving him a glowing recommendation... I think that plays a big part in it. I know that Dave Edwards is, a, is well respected at Shrewsbury Football Club, especially by the chairman. So that so probably people, plays a big part. People are talking about whether he's going to come, but he's, he's under contract as a professional footballer. At the yes, moment. but what a contract yeah. means. But yeah, but I mean, as soon as he's been probably been quite highly paid. Well, you know, I imagine he's got enough money, you know, in the bank that he could write off the last few months of his contract at Reading and come and play for Shrewsbury if he wanted to. Worst, come, worst comes to worst, he's probably going to play football next year, and he hasn't got a contract next year at Reading. So if Sam Ricketts is manager in six months' time, uh, you do you think we need more central midfielders? Well, we. we, we <laughs> Well, when someone buys Reclaw's Doherty, <laughs> or you know, someone else goes, yeah. and Grant's only in a one-year deal. We could this time next year, we could not have Doherty, Laurent. Uh, well, Laurent's under contract, isn't he? But we could have not have Doherty, and we could have Grant not renewing his contract and saying, "I'll go and get another big pay rise the last year of my career somewhere." At that point, you do start thinking, "Well, we could do with Dave Edwards, and he could do a job on the wing as well." So there's a lot of factors, isn't there, about this yeah. whole thing? Um, initially, I was quite negative about Ricketts. To be honest with you, I just I thought. I've been consistently saying on this podcast I want a manager with experience. I wanted Bowie or I wanted someone that knows this league. But I think, but I think that can be but not like a journeyman manager. No, I want someone that fits this club as well, yeah. which obviously Askey didn't quite fit this club. But I think I can be convinced and I think I can kind of get on board with it and, and you know, I'll certainly get behind him if it is him. Um it's just gonna be interesting to see how it plays out really. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I think one thing's gonna be interesting and I look forward to it. So let's assume that he is the manager. Hopefully, You've been very isn't he? Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, he will have to go back and edit this out. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting to see his first interview. Yes. And I'm, ho- I'm sure it'll be interesting to compare to Askey's first interview because um, that didn't go down too well. So, yeah, that'd be really interesting. This one also comment as well. People are talking about um, giving Eric Ramsey or Danny Coyne the job. Well, Danny yeah. Coyne says he doesn't want the job, and I don't no. think he's got the qualifications to do it. Um, and also, Eric Ramsey, why would he take the job now? You know, look at um, look at Paul Hurst. Paul Hurst couldn't even get the Notts County job, he's 27. He hasn't. He's only just started coaching the first team level. Yeah. He's got decades in the game. Yes. Absolutely no neat reason for him to to run ahead and become a manager because no. Think I can't remember the guy who was the Hearts manager who was the a youth. He was a coach at um, New, Newcastle. He did a great job um, at Newcastle. Yeah. He was really high rated coach. He got the job at Hearts and 
he's, he's you know he's going to take a while for him to get another opportunity. It takes so, a long time to it takes a long yeah. time to build a career and, and minutes to ruin exactly. One. So why would he rush? So for me, so going back to Sam Rickers, I think it'd be I'd really like to see Eric Ramsey being a first team coach. I think it'd be a good idea. Um, and yeah, I don't I think that would be great progression for him. Um, and clearly. I imagine that Ramsey and Danny Coyne are going to be part of our backroom staff. Yeah, whoever the manager so. comes in, because I know you're to your point. Whoever the manager comes in needs to fit to our model. Yeah, yeah. And if Graham Barrow is angling for the Wrexham job, which his post-match interview last night kind of indicated, he's not going to come along as the as the assistant manager. So there's an opportunity for Ramsey to be assistant manager, yeah. which again might not be the worst idea to be honest with you. It keeps some consistency. So yeah, I think it, there's a lot of things that are probably going to get announced this week, and it's going to be interesting to see how the whole package comes together. Whether is there's other you know assistant managers or coaches out there that really brings with him, you know, could have some experienced ex pros he played with at Wolves. Yeah, or something. that's we a good don't know. point actually. Maybe because if he does have Ramsey, um, Danny Coyne and then himself Ricketts as manager that's not a lot of experience no, you need that's one not more, many maybe. games so maybe if you do get an assistant manager who's been around but maybe that's how they get that bit of experience in, into the team we'll, we'll see won't we yeah. we'll see but as I say it all comes to the fans yeah. at the end of the day and you, you picked out something that yeah, Mark Elliott said yeah a really interesting tweet um, uh, in reply to the Salatcast account from Mark Elliott and we are talking about you know I was saying that this is the most... So obviously the fans are very divided about ASCII, but when ASCII joined, okay, there was some people who weren't very happy with him, but the vast majority of Shrewsbury Town fans were, you know, yeah. w- w- weren't complaining. They were just kind of like getting behind him and supported him. Yeah, we, we've must back in the day, we were saying it follows our mould, this yeah. is what we want to do, it's good, it's nice to see the club have a strategy. He obviously you know, he came in with, you know, on, on a high of winning the, uh, winning the league with Macclesfield, that yeah. was a great feat. So, I, you know, there was a poll on the, on the Shrewsbury Town Facebook group um, I can't remember the results, but when I remember looking at one point, it was like 30 fans saying yes, they'd like Sam Ricketts, and over 200 saying they wouldn't. Yeah. So it was a huge swell, a lot of debate amongst Shrewsbury fans, obviously a lot of debate among Wrexham fans. It was interesting oh, God, we haven't even Mark. got onto Wrexham fans. <laughs> there was a big, big, interesting tweet so from Mark Elliott, and I think it's just a good way of kind of bringing the fans into this mix. So yeah, the division is toxic, to- toxic as we've seen, and fans need to decide what part they want to play in this. It's a big factor in ASCII's fall, and I agree with that. But I, th- I hope that and I'm sure this will happen. If let's assume Sam Ricketts is the manager, do you expect the fans to back him? I, I think that maybe people will do that. Yeah, I think that it very much depends how he comes across, what he says, and and what That's happens what, in, in, in the key, early weeks. It? it is, you know, it's it's 2018, 2019. You know, media, you, your way you present yourself as a manager goes beyond just what results you get on the pitch. At the end of the day, this is this is what modern society is like, and you know, like it or not, it's here to stay. Unfortunately, um, so there's there's a lot of elements to that. But I think he, you know, listening to some of the interviews that he did for Rex, and I went and listened to a few bits of him. He does come across quite well. He's a well-spoken and, and sort of interesting, engaging guy. I think. Um, be interested to see what happens when things aren't going particularly well, but. Um, We'll, we'll see how that, that plays out. But for me, you know, we've got to get behind the new manager. The same we get behind every new manager. I've never, you know, instantly tried to, you know, boo a manager from the start. And I don't think many town fans do. You know, you can have reservations about anyone coming into this football club. You pay your money. You, you have your choice. You're a fan. You you can say what you like about anything to do with Shrewsbury Football Club. That's my view on the whole thing. If, think, if people think he's not going to do a good job, fine. You just sit there. You watch. You see how it develops. And we always fans judge what's going on on the pitch after that so I'm sure it won't be as, as problematic as it is I know that Lewis Cox has found the old um, comments that he made about us uh, when he was at Telford which were not very good and I wonder if they'll ever see the what light of day I can't remember try I've, tried to find it. I've tried to find it on the internet and um, we'll see what Lewis had, Lewis get if Lewis ever prints them when he joins it could be a, <laughs> could be a bit of a disaster that but um, that's fine and and you know the big benefits coming out of all of this Ollie for me is it's renewed my interest in mocking Wrexham fans because Cause we don't talk about them <laughs> well they're, no, they're nothing that's how many podcasts we've done now about 110 yeah, or something like almost. that and we've probably mentioned them in one other one podcast room we talk, remember I asked you once like who are our rivals we had a bit of debate do we about who our rivals are yeah and 
I've only ever been to one Wrexham Shrewsbury yeah, Wrexham yeah, game yeah, yeah. At, the, at the racecourse ground um, and we just don't even think of them or talk of them yeah, so there's, there was a chat yeah. today about we hate Wrexham but like it happens like once a season or something like that but when I was a kid that's... growing up everything yeah. was anti-Wrexham this anti-Wrexham that and, um, but they're not in the same level as us no, they're not because they're not... you had a bit of a, a bit of banter <laughs> didn't you with Five Live yeah so Jason Mohammed, the Five Live presenter the sort of Welsh uh, sort of BBC football presenter as well. He was doing Five Live with Robbie Savage last night, and they were talking about they had a Wrexham fan come on to talk about how Shrewsbury, the big club, waving money at them to to steal our manager away. I was like, mm. <laughs> first time anyone's ever described us as that. But then when it went on, Robbie Savage was fairly reasonable, which was probably the most shocking thing about all of this. He was that says a lot. Yeah, he wasn't criticised exactly. But it was Jason Mohammed was almost like trying to bait the, the conversation to say, I won't, I won't have it that Shrewsbury Town are a bigger club than Wrexham. Now, if this was 1995 or 1996 when I first started going, of course you'd probably say that's a fair judgment then they, they probably had a bigger of a history then they probably got more fans they, I think they were probably higher in the league at those points in time but the, the corresponding 25 years that's gone on since then you can't say Wrexham are a bigger club than us we've gone on and bought our own new club we've got, grown up the leagues and become an established at a higher level than we were in the 90s we don't have any debt we haven't gone bust like them we've got a, you know, a good squad and we compete at League One you know, we've got a reputation in the football world that's probably bigger than Wrexham's now. In the, me- in the meantime, their ground's gone decrepit. They've been harangued by their crap owners, gone bust. Now it's a community-supported club, which is great. I, I support that. But And their manager, and they get a good manager who doesn't want to stick around. <laughs> and this will be the second time, because they had Dean Keats at the start yeah. of last year. Things started going well. He saw, the, he saw the prize of managing the Football League, and he buggered off as well. So there's a lot of reasons to say that, I'm sorry, no way in, in a million years are Wrexham a bigger club than Shrewsbury Town. They've got a massive stand. They can't even open, because they've lost their safety security, and they can't afford to get it back. So, you know, it's a bit embarrassing for, for Wrexham fans to chirp up and have a go at us. So um, we had 6,100 average attendance last year, lads. You know, don't even look at fan bases. Ours is significantly bigger than theirs now. So uh, there you go. That's my rant on Wrexham. It's been 15 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so... Fingers crossed. Um, after we've put this bit in the section in the podcast, that yeah. he is the manager. But if not, we've just taught you a lot about <laughs> Sam Ricketts and his background. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, I can't we can't not have him now? It would be so embarrassing. Yeah, it would be embarrassing. Um, so there we go. So we'll, we'll wrap this up with predictions from yeah. last week. Obviously, I, I predicted for us to, You're running to win. Away this mate. Nine points ahead. Now, I might so buy you a present already. Yeah, then you can get just it get early. it for Christmas. There we go. Um, yeah, so I'm nine points ahead in the predictions now. So yeah, we, we, we'll move back into actually what's going to happen. In so Sam Ricketts first game in charge potentially. We know we've got a checker trade game on Wednesday, haven't we? So it might be that it's his first game then. But um, yeah, I imagine maybe they just leave Danny Coyne to manage that. I guess. I imagine just on that game, I imagine there'd be a lot of changes. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. Um, so it might be that we don't announce it until in the week. But uh, yeah, no, he might be announced. I just don't think he'll. He might just watch from the start yeah. or something. So. Yeah, check trade game, whatever is yeah. whatever. We've got Walsall, obviously. Um, and then we've got Burton away in the league, which is a much more important game, um, who are also not having the best season, Ollie. Um, it's your old manor, isn't it? You're from, you've yeah, lived up there for a while. Yeah, I started working, like I grew up in a village from the age of 11 around that area. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, started my career at Molson Course and, yeah, broke my jaw on the Pirelli pitch. Oh, right, there you interesting. Go. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, my blood has been on that pitch, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's always good when my brother's coming. I'm going to go to... There's obviously cracking pubs in Burton. Yeah, yeah. So the pub up near the roundabout is a great pub to go. I'd recommend yeah, that. Yeah. They do Burton Bridge Brewery. That's a good ale. So, Burton away. Like You're winning, Glenn. You can go first. Uh, I'm going to keep the good times rolling. I think if we've got a new manager, we'll get the new manager bounce anyway. So, we don't really need that too much at the moment. So, I'm going to go for us to get a, a, a credible... I think we'll score a few goals. Let's go for... Oh, where am I going to go? I'm going to go for us to win 2-1. Okay. Yeah, we're going for it to win. It's about time we win at that place. Yeah, so, we've got a poor record at Burton. Yeah, so Burton and Albion um, are the same points as us, yep. but played one less. 16th in the league. Um, their record at the moment is they lost to Charlton 2 1. Um, they lost to Blackpool 3 um, 0. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat Coventry at home 1 0. 
Um, they lost as Comfort 2-1 Oof. in the FA Cup. Um, um, and they beat Warsaw f- um, 3-1 um, yeah. in, on 3rd of November. So that's their kind of recent history. Um, I'm going to go for a, a 1-0 Shooter Town win. Good. See, hopefully, there we go. hopefully in the 88th minute, something <laughs> like that, Faye comes flying through in front of us on oh, the terrace. Oh, yeah, that'd be ace. And just go absolutely mental. I hope I'm not drunk enough that I can remember this game. Because we're going like early in the morning to Birmingham Christmas Market for a few ales, which has got bad oh, news. Bad be... news running I'll try over and it. And, and I, I actually like Burton because it's one of those away games, like Walsall away, if it's on a Saturday, where you see all the town fans in Birmingham and then we all get the last couple of trains up to Burton. It's a, it's a great crack and you know that fan experience of, of those days on the train that don't happen too often, to be honest with you. Because if it's a long train trip, not many do it because it's too expensive nowadays. But Burton, Walsall, um, crew, when we used to have crew, you always had a good time on the train. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there um, with the lads as well so yeah it should be good and yeah lots of changes to come this week I suspect and uh, I suppose we'll be keeping on top of it if, if anything different happens we'll probably have to come back and do a different podcast but hopefully we'll be talking about Sam Ricketts first two games next week and yeah, uh, yeah hopefully two more wins on him yeah and I've just checked he hasn't been announced yet so we can close <laughs> the pod um, oh that's good all right. Well, there we go. We'll we'll wrap up this week's pod with Ollie here, and for the first time in my house. And uh, I don't know. We'll may- maybe we'll open the Christmas chocolates early now, Ollie, and see what the lo- end of the Liverpool Everton game is. And uh, yeah, I'll edit this podcast, get it out for you guys tonight. And uh, thanks for your support over the last few weeks again. And we will catch you next Sunday. Cheers, guys. Yeah, well, we just talked about we talked about Norburn potentially yeah. being injured, and he's obviously the one that missed out. I was surprised to see Gilead get the knob. I don't know. And, 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 okay. <laughs> I was, That's going to be your blue. Yeah, I, 